Welcome to the Alger Podcast. Following the podcast, there will be a brief disclosure. Hello, I'm Alex Bernstein, and you're listening to the Alger Podcast, investing in growth and change. For some investors, the past few months have been a confusing, if not highly challenging time. And in January of this year, the financial markets briefly swooned in ways that we haven't seen since the financial crisis of 2008-2009. What to make of all this? Well, today I'm joined by Alger Director of Market Strategy, Brad Newman, to see if we can sort some of these concerns out. Brad, thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks, Alex. To just get right to it, what exactly has been going on in the markets? So most recently, the market's trying to come to terms with the Federal Reserve being behind the curve. The Federal Reserve still has rates at zero despite high inflation, which means that the federal funds rate that the Fed controls is deeply negative in real terms. And we think that is not where they want to be on a long-term basis. We think they want to have the real rate probably at least slightly positive, if not uh, a couple hundred basis points positive. And so it's a long way between here and there. And the market is trying to figure out what will happen as the Fed tries to increase those real rates of interest, what will happen to the economy, what will happen when the liquidity spigot gets turned down. So there's all sorts of uh, gyrations in the market, with probably the most meaningful one being what I call the duration trade, where long-duration assets are those companies with cash flows far into the future, we think have dramatically underperformed over the past 12 months, most likely because as interest rates rise, they they affect long-duration assets. Think about like a long-duration bond, a 30-year bond is more impacted by a rise in interest rates than a one-year bond would be. Whereas those short-duration assets, those companies that have more current cash flows and slower growth, think about high dividend-yielding payers or high share repurchase companies, those companies have significantly outperformed over the past 12 months. And I think that's what the market is trying to figure out, should that duration trade persist, and what will happen to the economy going forward as the Fed does embark on finally tightening the monetary supply. Brad, after having been in favor for quite a long time, growth stocks consistently underperformed value over the past year. Why do you think that happened? So first off, growth stocks have dramatically outperformed value stocks over the past decade plus, you know, on the long term. And and we think that's because of certain structural drivers. One is the accelerating pace of innovation, that actually innovation's speeding up and increasing exponentially rather than linearly. And that is basically a tailwind for growth stocks, we think, and, and a headwind for value stocks. And we think the second issue is failure of accounting to keep up with the changing nature of the economy, which causes style classification to have significant flaws. So those are structural issues that we think have driven the growth outperformance and are likely to drive growth outperformance over the next decade. But even within the past decade and certainly within the past six to 12 months, we think there can be strong bouts of growth underperformance and value outperformance. And typically, there's a couple culprits, as we saw last year. We think one is the desire for investors to have some cyclical exposure, which would tilt more towards value rather than growth. And we certainly saw that in the first half of 2021 after the introduction of the vaccines. There's a lot of optimism about the economy and GDP growth estimates were ratcheted up significantly. And that led people to want to be in more cyclical-based companies, like think energy companies, financials, materials, those kinds of things. And then towards the end of last year and early into this year, there was a reckoning of coming to terms with Federal Reserve having to tamp down inflation and the higher interest rates that result from that. And that took 
some liquidity out of the system and that higher interest rate discounted back growth stocks, which we think of as longer duration assets or assets having cash flows further into the future. And we think that took some wind out of their sails and caused some underperformance, particularly of the longest duration assets, small cap growth type stocks. I think part of the surprise here may be that small cap growth stocks are typically looked at as among the most innovative companies out there. Well, that's just it. We think that you need to put performance in a fundamental context. Otherwise, it's hard to react to either higher prices or lower prices. So in our view, you know, if lower prices are accompanied by lower fundamentals, that's certainly cause for concern. If lower prices are accompanied by better and improving fundamentals, that's potentially an opportunity. And we think what's been happening recently is the latter. So let's dive into kind of the poster child for long-duration asset that, that really got hit, small growth stocks. Small growth stocks over the past year, if you use the S&P 600 growth as a proxy, their stock price has certainly underperformed. And we think it was actually one of the worst years for small cap growth relative to large caps in a while. But while the price has underperformed, the fundamentals did not. The small cap growth, S&P 600 growth, earnings per share estimates increased over 60% in 2021. Those are the next 12 months estimates at the beginning of the year compared to the next 12 months estimates at the end of 2021. They were over 60% higher, which obviously is a huge number, A, and much, much stronger than the stock price performance of those stocks, but also is significantly better than the fundamentals of large caps, even though large cap stock prices outperform small caps. So the fundamentals were really strong for small caps. The prices didn't reflect that, and therein may lie an opportunity in basically discounted valuations. So the S&P 600 growth price-to-earnings multiple is the lowest it's been in over two decades. In fact, typically, growth stocks traded a premium to large caps. Small growth stocks traded a premium to the, the broad market. Now it's trading at uh, a significant discount, over 20%. And do you have any idea when investors might look for growth stocks to return to their previous strength? Probably the best tool that we have to figure out when growth stocks will perform better is to look back at history. And what we've done, you can find this in our our capital markets uh, presentation for this winter, we went back and we averaged up all the past four Fed rate hikes and looked at the performance of growth and value. And I want to note that you did this comparing returns from the Russell 3000 growth and Russell 3000 value indexes as proxy for growth and value, respectively. And as you mentioned, listeners can see a visual representation of this in the presentation, Tangled Up and Tightening, at Alger.com. Sorry, please continue. What we found was that value tends to outperform by about 400 basis points in the six months prior to the first Fed rate hike, all the way through three months after the first Fed rate hike. And I think that makes sense because typically when the Fed is raising rates, they're doing so because the economy is strong Inflation is relatively high, and the outlook for a value cyclical type of company is still solid. And so those types of companies outperform. However, growth stocks then take the performance mantle back about three months after the first Fed rate hike through nine months after the first Fed rate hike. They actually outperform by 400 basis points. And I think that's because the market at that point starts to discount. Well, the Fed is tightening, and that will ultimately lead to a slower economy. And these more secular growth, less cyclically exposed growth companies may do better in that environment. And so if history rhymed, they would begin to potentially perform better about three months after the first Fed rate hike, which as of this recording, one would think would be around middle of 2022. So that's what history would say about when growth would begin to perform better. 
Brad, what factors do you think investors should consider focusing on over the next few months? Well, what investors should pay attention to depends on what their holding period is. If they're going to measure their returns over a short period of time, then the thing that matters most is where we are in the economic cycle, the Fed cycle, the political cycle, more of these short-term cycles. And so the thing that's going to matter most uh, over the next three months is whether the Fed tightens more or less than the consensus expects, which is about four times as of this recording in, in 2022. If it's more than that, I think the stock market will probably perform less well and growth stocks will actually probably do relatively better because I think that they're less economically sensitive and that would slow the economy more. Maybe that's contrary to popular opinion, but that's my belief. And then if the Fed tightens less and inflation moderates more, then I think actually long-term interest rates will rise. Investors will expect a stronger economy and value cycles will do better. That's if you have a few-month time horizon. If you're a long-term investor, however, what we've said for a long time and the way that Alger invests actually has very little to do with central bank cycles, political cycles, economic cycles. And that's because we believe that the greatest wealth creation comes from innovation over time. You know, if you think about why we live so much better than our grandparents, we think it has nothing to do with monetary policy. We think it has everything to do with innovation. And innovation is what spurs productivity, and productivity is what spurs better quality uh, of life, living standards, and generates wealth. So we're really focused on where there is change and where there is innovation. And as I said in the earlier example of you know having a 10-year time horizon, these shorthand valuations, these P multiples or sales multiples and short-term events like what central banks are doing, they matter much, much less than what earnings and cash flow is going to do relative to innovation and productivity over the long term. All that said, when prices disconnect from fundamentals, as we believe they have, it's a tremendous opportunity for us and for our clients. And so it's exciting to see you know, some of these stocks putting up very good quarterly numbers and continuing to grow, but having the stock prices come down. So I've certainly seen aspects of our investment team that's very excited about the prospects of having the stock market ultimately catch up to what we believe has been generally uh, pretty strong fundamentals. Brad, thanks so much for speaking with me this afternoon. Thanks, Alex. Great talking to you. And thank you for listening. For more of our latest insights, please visit alger.com. The views expressed to the views of Fred Alger Management LLC, FM, and its affiliates as of February 2022. These views are subject to change at any time and may not represent the views of all portfolio management teams. These views should not be interpreted as a guarantee of future performance of the markets, any security, or any funds managed by FAM. These views are not meant to provide investment advice and should not be considered a recommendation to purchase or sell securities. Risk disclosures. Investing in the stock market involves risks, including the potential loss of principal. Growth stocks may be more volatile than other stocks as their prices tend to be higher in relation to their company's earnings and may be more sensitive to market, political, and economic developments. Local, regional, or global events such as war, acts of terrorism, the spread of infectious illness such as COVID-19, or other public health issues, recessions, or other events could have a significant impact on investments. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. Investors whose reference currency differs from that in which the underlying assets are invested may be subject to exchange rate movements that alter the value of their investments. Important information for U.S. investors. This material must be accompanied by the most recent fund fact sheets if used in connection with the sale of mutual fund and ETF shares. Fred Alger & Company LLC serves as distributor of the Alger Mutual Funds.
Important information for UK and EU investors. This material is directed at investment professionals and qualified investors is defined by MIFID FCA regulations. It is for information purposes only and has been prepared and is made available for the benefit of investors. This material does not constitute an offer or solicitation to any person in any jurisdiction in which it is not authorized or permitted or to anyone who would be an unlawful recipient and is only intended for use by original recipients and addressees. The original recipient is solely responsible for any actions and further distributing this material and should be satisfied in doing so that there is no breach of local legislation or regulation. Certain products may be subject to restrictions with regards to certain persons or in certain countries under national regulations applicable to such persons or countries. Alger Management Limited, Company House Number 8634056, domiciled at 78 Brook Street, London, W1K5EF, UK, is authorized and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority for the distribution of regulated financial products and services. FAM and or Weatherby Capital LLC US Registered Investment Advisors serve as Subportfolio manager to financial products distributed by Alger Management Limited. Alger Group Holdings LLC, parent company of FAM, and Alger Management Limited, FAM, and Fred Alger and Company LLC are not authorized persons for the purposes of the Financial Services and Markets Act 2000 of the United Kingdom, FSMA, and this material has not been approved by an authorized person for the purposes of Section 212B of the FSMA. Important information for investors in Israel. This material is provided in Israel only to investors of the type listed in the first schedule of the Securities Law, 1968, the Securities Law, and the Regulation of Investment Advice, Investment Marketing, and Investment Portfolio Management Law, 1995. The fund units will not be sold to investors who are not of the type listed in the first schedule of the Securities Law. The S&P 500 index is an unmanaged index generally representative of the U.S. stock market without regard to company size. The S&P Small Cap 600 Growth Index measures growth stocks using three factors, sales growth, the ratio of earnings changed to price, and momentum. Constituents are drawn from the S&P 600. The S&P indexes are a product of S&P Dow Jones Indices, LLC, and or its affiliates and has been licensed for use by Fred Alger Management, LLC, and its affiliates. Copyright 2021 S&P Dow Jones Indices, LLC, a subsidiary of S&P Global, Inc., and or its affiliates. All rights reserved. Redistribution or reproduction in whole or in part are prohibited without written permission of S&P Dow Jones Indices, LLC. For more information on any S&P Dow Jones Indices, LLC, indices, please visit spdji.com. S&P is a registered trademark of Standard Imports Financial Services, LLC, and Dow Jones is a registered trademark of Dow Jones Trademark Holdings, LLC. Neither S&P Dow Jones Indices, LLC, Dow Jones Trademark Holdings, LLC, their affiliates, nor their third-party licensors make any representation or warranty expressed or implied as to the ability of any index to accurately represent the asset class or market sector that it purports to represent, and neither S&P Dow Jones Indices, LLC, Dow Jones Trademark Holdings, LLC, their affiliates, nor their third-party licensors shall have any ability for any errors, omissions, or interruptions of any index or the data included therein. The Russell 1000 Growth Index is an unmanaged index designed to measure the performance of the largest 1,000 companies in the Russell 3000 Index with higher price-to-book ratios and higher forecasted growth values. The Russell 1000 Value Index measures the performance of those Russell 1000 companies with lower price-to-book ratios and lower forecasted growth values. Russell 3000 Growth Index is an unmanaged index considered representative of U.S. growth stocks. Russell 3000 Value Index is an unmanaged index considered representative of U.S. value stocks. Frank Russell Company Russell is the source and owner of the trademarks, service marks, and copyrights related to the Russell Indexes. 
Russell is a trademark of Frank Russell Company. Neither Russell nor its licensors accept any liability for any errors or omissions in the Russell indexes and or Russell ratings or underlying data, and no part of me rely on any Russell indexes and or Russell ratings and or underlying data contained in this communication. No further distribution of Russell data is permitted without Russell's express written consent. Russell does not promote, sponsor, or endorse the content of this communication. The indices presented are provided for illustrated purposes, reflect the reinvestment of dividends, and do not assess fees and expenses that would have the effect of reducing returns. Investors cannot invest directly in any index. The index performance does not represent the returns of any portfolio advised by Fred Alger Management LLC, and actual client results might differ materially than the indices shown. Note that past performance is no guarantee of future performance. Comparison to a different index might have materially different results than those shown. Earnings per share EPS is a company's net profit divided by the number of common shares it has outstanding. EPS indicates how much money a company makes for each share of its stock and is a widely used metric to estimate corporate value.